Hello, everybody. We are back with another episode of Bling Talks. We have Julie Lamb with us today. Um, she is the designer and founder of Julie Lamb New York. Um, Julie, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for spending the time with us today. I can't wait to talk to you and hear more about your story and success. Thank you for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. I can talk about jewelry forever, so I don't know how you're going to edit this. <laughs> uh, uh, well, we'll find a way. We'll find a way. It's it's again. I know you're busy. I know you're over there um, building your your empire and your business. Mm -hmm. And uh, just wanted to say thank you for for being on the call today with us and also um, sharing some information with our community. So again, thank you, and uh, let's get it kicked off. So, uh, Julie, kind of just tell us, um, you know, how you got into jewelry and how you got into the business. Okay, so pretty linear, linear story is I was making jewelry since I was a little girl. Um, and that was anything I could get my hands on. So of course, beads. My dad was a salesperson in the garment district. So he did take me on the L train all the way into the city to work with him. And on his lunch break, he'd take me around to some of the bead stores and I, like $10, I would get so many things. I'd be so excited. I would also raid his garage for nuts and bolts and whatever. So I made jewelry out of anything and everything I could find. So um, I was growing up in Brooklyn, New York, and a friend's older brother was going to the high school of art and design in Manhattan. And I was like, wait a second. There's a, I can just take a couple of trains and I can draw during the day. And like, you know, I was so excited. So I applied to such a public school. You just, it's a magnet school you apply to get in. So I was an illustration major there and that was all, you know, 2d and the fundamentals and perspective and all this stuff. Actually, I found that old um, teacher on Instagram because he's still working and we are back in touch. <laughs> Mr. Chinelli. Oh, oh <laughs> no, no, he's amazing. He was my favorite teacher. So anyway, um, I'm there and in my spare time with my best friend, I we were running into the garment district and um, and Canal Street and just buying all these little parts and beads and components and and clay, all this other stuff. And we started heavy making jewelry like after school as like our hobby. And that's what made me like I was 16 and I was like, I'm going to be a jewelry designer. And wow. um, yeah, yeah, I was completely hooked and devoted. So I only looked at colleges that had a metals program and I went to Syracuse University to major in metalsmithing. So, and then one, it was like the summer after I, I guess sophomore year, you, you take your first classes in your core and your major. And I knew I was coming back to the city, you know, for the summer. So I asked my professor if he would recommend like a jeweler that I could, you know, sweep the bench for or whatever. He's like, you don't have enough experience yet. You just, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll, I was just like, geez, man, I will do anything just to be around the jewelers, you know? So without his help, I ran around Soho and I was going in and out of jewelry stores. And I just said, hey, who does your repairs? And eventually... I got a name. It was Oscar Silver at the time. He's still around. He, I think he works for Hammerman now. Um, and he took me in and like let me like play at the bench and carve some wax and do some stuff. And the designer who was walking in and out getting her things done, I ended up picking up some errands for her. I was like wire wrapping her necklaces and running to her caster and going to Myron Toback to pick up wire and stuff, which I still do. And I did this week and everyone's still there. So 
things I was doing at 19, I am still doing today, which is just funny. <laughs> uh, long story uh, long. Yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> you know, most people don't figure out what they want to do in life till they're like, till it's too late. I mean, they're going to school, you're going to classes. And then people are in college, like, what the heck can I even pick this recent, you know, this major for? I have no interest in it. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, uh, that's cool that you never really had to question what you loved and what you're passionate about. And um, what a blessing, you know, I, I I think that's really cool. You know, well, I'm I'm like still that excited. Like I my first job out of uh, school was for Erickson Beeman. And I remember I was like, oh, my God, they're going to pay me to make jewelry. Like I came into the job so excited. I was so like annoying. I was like a new puppy. And I mm-hmm. think everyone else hated me. <laughs> but I'm still like that so if I'm stone shop you know so you know not all the days can be that exciting but let's say you know stone shopping or you get to go to Tucson or I don't know something comes out really good I'm like I'm like I have that little kid energy that I you know it's I love doing this I always did yeah Yeah, that's amazing I think very happy about that yeah I think from the customer's standpoint like from a customer experience I don't think um I think that's hard to replace yeah (laughs) that passion, you know, um, and it's hard to put a price on it as well. So that that's amazing. And um, so you're kind of more in the, you know, you're a designer by nature and, and you've had mm-hmm. a lot of experience in that. And and I think, I think that's important to touch on, uh, you know, typically here we're getting a lot of, you know, family owned and operated jewelers, some independent startups, you know, people who are out there doing their own thing, doing really well and succeeding in it. Um but I think it all starts with design. And so tell us about your experience with that and, you know, how it flowed into what you're doing now. Um, I, I like to think it all starts with design as well. <laughs> um, actually so funny when I did work in corporate, like I designed for Avon for over six years and it was funny. I got, uh, one of the many bosses I had over the years and she came in from a supply chain, um, background and now she's taking over this you know mixed marketing and supply chain product development team and one of the first things she did was she's like I want everyone to sit in this room and you make me the chart of the process here like what everyone does where everyone's uh jobs intersect and whatever and someone from supply chain was running it and they started with we get the sample from design that was their first step and I was like, whoa, 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 where do you think that comes from? Oh, my God. I was like, my whole, my 12-step process is like not even, oh, my God, we have to go back to the beginning. So then I had to give them the the beforehand of that. So I, and it, it's just so interesting. So like, you know, you have to take your skills. So obviously design, that's easy and natural to me. Um, and then uh, product development is like the next piece of that it's like all right I have this idea Um, maybe I did a sketch or maybe I have a stone how you know over the years I'm learning through all the companies I used to work for and I used to go to China twice a year I used to do trend shopping a couple times a year whether that was to Europe or to like JCK and Tucson you know so I was exposed to all these things so I say product development is the next thing that you you know you never stop learning on that because the technology keeps coming in it gets, keeps getting more interesting and then um I did report into marketing for many many years at Avon so I would and I, I do like to write I like to play with the words like if you're on my website and you see I call it um 
my concepts. So the wording and the conceptual piece of my collections come to me at the same time as the design. Like it's all together for me. So I say it's design, it's product development, it's marketing. Merchandising is also easy for me. You know, it's a visual thing. Um, I definitely do it more on the visual side and there's merchandisers and merchandisers because at the bigger companies they're doing it, you know, more in an Excel type of way to balance their price points. I get that too. (laughs) So all those things and anything that touches creative is very um, easy and natural for me. And then there's running a business. Yeah, I was just gonna, ah, was gonna ask. So then, that's where we stop with the natural and that's where the challenges come in and you know what I mean that's I put off working for myself for all these years so I was like I don't know how to run a business yeah um well <laughs> doing it <laughs> I, I, yeah you you are doing it and it looks and it looks great and I I don't know I've always been a business owner everybody I talk to is business owners the thing about it is at least for me the business has always been a constant source of personal development it's kept me in check as a man it's kept me in check yeah. as a human being it's a it's forced me to develop um and then the other thing is you know you have these creative people and then you have your um, logical kind of get it done mindsets. And, and typically it's usually, you know, people split it in, in men and women. Men are like your logical, like hammer it down type thing. And the more feminine <laughs> side is the creative side. But it, it, it all <laughs> women have both, you know, there's a creative. And, and, and so I actually love the creative side of my business, but I'm not able to get out in, in front of that very much because right. I'm stuck on the other side. Um, but I think it's good. I think it's good and cool that you're doing that. And, uh, I think you're on the right podcast and in the right, the right. <laughs> so you're, I think you're going to, you're going to crush no, it. And, you yeah. need both sides. You need all the sides. And, um, like you said, it, um, the business itself like levels you up, like you're as an entrepreneur and this is that I wasn't prepared for, like, you're just looking at yourself every day like you have to face yourself and what you're good at and and leverage that and what you're terrible at and then figure out how to right get those resources to compensate for the things that you're not great at or don't come naturally um i was i had some great bosses over the years like i would say avon again and also at nine west and they I, I had been told you're like, no, both you're not, I forgot with left brain, right brain, whatever. Like, no, you have both sides. Like you're a designer who I would like to sit with the numbers people. Do I want to run the numbers? No, I do not. I still do not want to. <laughs> I would like to sit with someone who does that in and out. And I want to understand it because once I understand what's selling, for example, then, you know, you can, you're a better designer because you're informed. So that's period, end of story. So it's just like, what do you want to spend all your time on? You know, is it accounting? No, it's not for me. But like, I I do, I know where the lack is and I know what I have to compensate for. And those are the people that I look for to either hang out with or hire for, you know, certain projects too. So I can, you know, be re- more well-rounded for my business. And yeah, it's just such a growth thing when you're just like, it's me against me every day. <laughs> Very much so. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've been there before. There is one thing I would recommend um, that I do send out to people, which is uh, a book called Traction. Um, and they also have a software system, but 
it basically allows you to set up, hey, what's our goal here? What's our vision as a company? And then what do we want to um, accomplish this quarter? And then you break it down, break it down into weekly things. And it, it kind of really organizes the efforts. Whereas if not, nice. we're just waking up, we're waking up, we're wake, and it's just <laughs> throwing, throwing stuff at the wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, well, there's a lot but, of that yeah. at the beginning, you know? There's a lot of that at the beginning before you find your footing and you find like uh, until you really know your customer and, and all those things, like what you think your customer is when you, you're just starting versus like who's actually buying in. And are you paying attention to that? Are you ignoring her, who she is, or are you embracing it? You know, there's there's so much to learn. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you're you're on the design side and now also the owner and founder side how are you using uh, artificial intelligence or technology how's that kind of playing in or how's that on your radar i mean i can only speak to it like really small scale so um back 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 like i was always an art student my brother was like the math kid my grandfather this is a million years ago he told he told my family your sister doesn't think computers are here to stay because I didn't want to touch the thing. Okay. I was very uninterested in it. However, until I got an iPhone, now I'm addicted to the thing. Okay. So it's Apple like turned me and the fact that I could like run my business from this phone, it's, it's, it's insane. And I, there's too much screen time, la 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 enter, you know, Instagram, you're on your phone even more. Uh, my Shopify app running the website is also on the phone. Uh, we're doing interview. We're doing it on the iPad right now. I'm with the phone and the iPad. Sometimes it's phone, iPad, desktop. The fact that you can run it from, you know, an airport or waiting online or answer. It's kind of amazing. And just, I mean, I'm, it's, this is real basic. I'm not doing any like crazy technology things. I would say the biggest jump for me in technology was um, I am old enough to remember when people started, you know, using, using CAD yeah. for jewelry. You know what I mean? There were two major shifts, but this is when I was working, not so much in my business now. It was uh, number one in um, fashion jewelry. Now I'm, I'm based, I was based in New York City and we were using a lot of costume jewelry uh, manufacturers in Rhode Island because that was a base then. Now I'm working for a bigger company and they're still doing stuff overseas. That was a huge shift for me because um, before you'd have the catalogs from the different manufacturers, like these are the stones you can have. These are the lockets you can have. These are the chains you can have. You get, you know, you email China. They're I'm like, all right, well, send me your catalog. What do you have? They're like, what do you want? I'm like, wait, what do you have? What do you want? What do you have? What do you want? Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> we can make anything. I was like, yeah. whoa. So between that and then having CAD um, designers on staff, it was another. I'm like, well, what setting can I use? They're like, well, we can build one around what stone. I was like, whoa. So those things were really like mind bending, like eye opening kind of things. Um, and that was such a major shift. And then it, it opens your brain. Like once there's a new technology, once the new factory has blank a laser etching machine, a CNC milling machine, whatever tech, you know, manufacturing technology that just like yeah. for a designer, it's like, wait, I can have this. What is this? Do, tell me what it does. And then I'll yeah. start dreaming in it. You know what I mean? And, and I love all that. I like, I like a factory tour. 
like put me put me in the factory show me all the things amazing <laughs> yeah yeah that is that mm -hmm. it's is exciting true because there's some making major stuff major making major stuff is always exciting <laughs> yeah absolutely um okay when it comes to what are some of the obstacles let's say like what's an obstacle that you face with your your business today Well, I would say, I guess the top thing in it that like worries me is like, I've been working, you know, I work alone, but not alone. Like I'm in charge. When, I'm not alone when I'm in the diamond district and I'm going to the caster and the stone dealer and the setter and all, you know, I, all these people I work with there um, feels like my team or whatever, but I mean, on marketing and other stuff um, currently being alone. So I'm like, I want to get to that breaking point where I can't handle it. It's, it's going to be that, do you have enough money to pay somebody for blank, blank, blank? <laughs> you know what I mean? It has to be like that swell that it's just too much, but you have, you know, you take that leap with enough money to have a little bit of help. So I guess the working alone has its benefits and pros and cons there, but scaling up. Mm yeah yep as most businesses especially sole entrepreneur you know sole entrepreneurs or -hmm. Yeah. startups that that's the name of the game um And I don't think you're going to have a problem with that. I think it'll be, you'll be able to grow as, as much. I'm always like halfway looking for like my better half in the business. Like that would be a um, sales marketing technology person. That would be it. It would, yeah, those are the things that I'm like, ew. <laughs> I have to be like numbers first, numbers and sales. I won't, I don't usually talk to anybody if it's not leading to sales. Right. Like, cause that's, it could be a pain, but I'm getting better, more used to it. But that was not the thing that I, you know, I, for me, sales is, I want to, I have a new idea that I want to make and to afford the new product development, you have to sell a thing to make a thing. customer <laughs> That's I get as it simple as it is for me. <laughs> okay so got it to afford my next idea, because I say all my ideas are expensive. Um, the only thing that's changed for me, you know, in all these years is, you know, the materials I use now are the most expensive. They're not, you know, beads and strings. So we're here now. So that's what, uh, besides customers ask me for stuff when I want to do my own stuff. very Get, cool getting comfortable with sales is, is a thing. Yeah, let's well let's talk more about that. Um, maybe we'll we'll have another meeting and and kind of dial in on that stuff and who your customers are and how you're acquiring them and and how we could get more and possibly do some creative outside of the box type of stuff. Um, do you do like celebrities and um, uh, professional athletes? Any any of that type of stuff or just these are just people you're meeting and that they they would be as nice well. yeah and people are always like oh if you only you can get it on a celebrity i'm like all right listen you have to actually get it to them and then like, they have to be photographed in it you have to get the credit like i don't know how to do that that's very expensive pr i will tell you i'm very lucky so my last name being lamb that's my my only last name i've ever had since i've been on this earth and it's so much fun so my logo is the little lamb which i like to put on everything and um so Because of that, my first line of jewelry was called BU, like E-W-E, like a sheep. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I wasn't prepared for was that when I launched social media in 2015, I put BU on these little lamb necklaces and I have the black sheep of the family and black diamonds and this whole fun thing going on. I got knitters and I got sheep farmers. So 
I'm here in New York, always doing New York. And I'm just like, I don't knit. I know I'm crafty, but that's not my thing. And I, I just like, whoa, what is happening? <laughs> like, that's the power of hashtag. So luckily I was, I listened, people were buying these lamb necklaces and um, they have messages of empowerment on them, like stand up, rock your flock and be you and stand out and all this fun stuff. Anyway, I listen to these ladies and I do all these like sheep and wool festival related things. So I have shows to do that are not within the jewelry industry, normal shows. So I'm not surrounded by other jewelers. I'm surrounded by yarn and stuff like that. So I really do stand out and I'm, I've become like the fine jeweler to the knitting community. So, um, I do, it's been like super interesting because these are very, they're not your normal jewelry shopper. They're, they're buying it because it means something to them. And it's, it's about their passion and their hobby and their creativity that I'm speaking to. And they're very um, forthcoming with me and they'll be like, Oh, you should have a bracelet to this. Or we like these backings on the earrings or we need longer lengths or whatever they're saying at the shows. I take notes and I do it. And I just, they've, they've, are you going to be here? Are you going to be here? Are you going to be there? This is a hobby and an industry that I had no knowledge of. I listened to this customer and she tells me where to go and be and do. And I, <laughs> Amazing. I follow. So this uh, another great piece of it is like these are women who are shopping and enjoying with their friends and this is their hobby and their passion. Um, so X amount of them have crossed over and bought other pieces from me from my other collections, like my city collection, or I've done bespoke. I've reset their engagement rings at this point. You know, I have a handful of those women coming to see me for one reason that have come with me on the other jewelry journey and they're like really good fine jewelry customers now and they they weren't looking for jewelry when yeah so that's yeah. like a blessing wrapped in a heart wrapped in a thank you wrapped in a hug like I don't it's been so amazing of, a, of an audience that I've been able to cultivate and stick yeah they're my flock I, I, they're my ambassadors you are good go, you are go really good with those <laughs> We're good with those. It's been Lame really basket. fun, but that was it. Wasn't it's so amazing to be outside of the industry and like mix it up with a different industry and be part of that in like a you know a weird um, like a weird angle in that industry. So it's been um, fun. Yeah, I mean, what a good fit. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it just happens like that, you know. You're, yeah. I, I didn't know that was gonna happen like I couldn't have I'm like I'm not that brilliant that I would have thought of this but um yeah it happened and I just followed it so it's been really good and I mean in the beginning beginning that was mostly what I was selling was more of the sheep stuff now as I've gone along and gone along you know and I've gotten an award here and there I do some of the shows or whatever more um notoriety in my chosen field and fine jewelry it's different, but those ladies like kept me alive in the beginning for sure. It was nice to have like a dedicated audience of people who are like excited to see you at your booth. You know what I mean? Right. Like they, I didn't have to, if I'm showing sheep and diamond jewelry to jewelry people, they're looking yeah. at me like, I'm, I'm crazy. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, I'm crazy. Okay, fine. But when I'm, I show up at a yarn show and I have diamond little lammies, they, they immediately know what it is. They're like, they love it and I'm like this is these are my people right here yes. I'm like they I don't have to explain my I don't sound crazy here I'm gonna stay here <laughs> okay. so really a gift 
congratulations on everything that you're do- <laughs> that you have done in the industry and over the years. And um, I love to see entrepreneurs doing what they, you know, feel like they're meant to be right where they're supposed to be. And I, I feel like you're there. Um, and, um, you know, I, I look forward to seeing you grow. Most importantly, um, if you guys want to get a hold of Julie, whether it's for some custom jewelry, um, a custom design, or you want to learn from her, collaborate with her, uh, where can people find you? Like website, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever's best for you, phone number. So we're going to keep it easy. So the website is Julie Lamb, L-A-M-B-N-Y.com. Instagram is the same thing, Julie Lamb NY. Uh, threads is the same thing. And oh, I have a phone number. It's 212-496-LAMB. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it consistent here. <laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. So JulieLambNY.com. Julie, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, your wisdom, your experience, uh, and your passions, and also your business with us. Uh, It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. I look forward to helping you and vice versa and building a relationship and and watching Julie Lamb crush it. (laughs) Trying to crush it. Oh, I forgot. Uh, Appointment by appointment on West 48th Street in the Diamond District as well. Thanks, Anthony, for the all the great questions. And like, I, I could do this for hours, like I said, so you better shut me off now. No, that's okay. We'll we'll have another one for sure. I just like to keep it around 20, 30 minutes uh, so the viewers can get in and out. But uh, yeah, we will definitely be talking more. And uh, again, guys, thanks for listening to Bling Talks. Julie Lamb, you rock. Talk to you soon. <laughs> you and, rock. Uh, guys, you get a hold of her. See Thank you.